sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. All right. So, um, I want to I wanna read you a testimony and then I'm going to start. Is that okay? Can I read you a testimony? It's just a cool testimony. No, I'm not going to read it because it's in Afrikaans. She's going to have to translate the whole thing. But anyway, it's a lady. She's actually a good friend of ours. And in 2017, she attended a prophetic conference that we did down the road, wherever, down a road somewhere here. And um, yeah, Christian Center Church, I think. Yeah. And um, uh, she, uh, she had heart condition, but like... Very intense. Let me just read it because I'm going to mess it up. Oh, man. Uh, rheumatic fever. I don't even know what that is. But that's what she had when she was a baby. And um, they wanted to do heart valve surgery on her. But, but her father refused. 2016, she had severe chest pain. And her left arm was numb. And they were saying she was having a heart attack. And that she needed a heart valve operation. Uh, again, she declined surgery. Um, and then uh, we pray, just give her a new heart, right? I was just like going for it, just give her a new heart, right? Because we believe in r- recreational miracles, right? Okay. Uh, we had a while back, I don't know if you've had that, but it was so cool, where we started seeing people, like when we pray for their teeth, like God would, would give them fillings or they would get new teeth, right? Isn't that awesome? Because the Lord can do whatever He wants, right? And, and your teeth is also part of stuff that can be healed. Obviously, because it's in your body. Am I right? It's like funny how we don't think of it, right? It's like, yeah, let's just pray for people to get gold fillings or whatever kind of filling they want. I mean, why not, right? Yeah? No? I don't know. It was awesome. (laughs) And uh, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So we prayed for her, and that was it. It wasn't like lightning or anything like that. Who knows, but it's just sometimes very normal. It really is. It's, It's kind of frighteningly normal. Sometimes when you pray for the sick and miracles happen, it's like you, you expect that they would start floating or something, but it doesn't happen, or lightning, or an angel, or a trumpet, or something. And that's kind of the problem with the miraculous sometimes, if I can call it a problem, is that it's so simple the way it happens that we miss it. You know? Because it, it, it so offends your mind in a way, but it just happens right here in front of you, and it's so normal sometimes. And that's to encourage you guys. It's just it's okay to be normal. You know, we don't have to be all weird and so on. Although sometimes it is an outflow of it for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but it's just, it, it's just kind of a normal thing that Jesus does, right? And anyway, so we prayed for, like I said, nothing spectacular happened. Life went on. On the Monday, she went to the doctors to do x-rays. And after six hours of tests and x-rays, she's just sitting there, you know, checking her heart out. Um, she asked them, you know, what's going on? I have a life. Why are we sitting here? I just wanted to check if my heart is okay. So the doctor was a Hindu guy. Anyway, so, so he came back and he said to her, listen, we've been up and down comparing test results and x-rays and all of that stuff. I don't know what they're called, but all of those things that you do with a heart. And, and they literally said that it can't be the same person and the same heart because it, it's a brand new heart. Like, brand new heart, right? Isn't that amazing? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, I just wanted to share that with you because we're going to pray for people at the end, right? If you can give somebody a new heart, then 
He can resolve your issues as well, I'm sure, right? Yeah. A month ago, I was ministering in Coxstad, and there was a guy who had a motor accident, and he's back, so he got metal plates and screws in his back and all those kind of things to hold him together. You know? But it shouldn't feel very illegal, <laughs> you know, although very helpful. Anyway, so we prayed for him, and it was, oh, I wish you could have seen his face. You know the face? You know, there's a face, and when you know, oh boy, this is real. It's not like they're thinking, did it happen? It's like, oh, you can just see it. And he was standing there, big guy, you know, standing there. And, and I mean, the fire was on him so much, literally, his ears started glowing. He was just hot, like on fire. He turned red. This big guy started sweating. <laughs> really. He's just sweating. I mean, he's going, oh, I'm so hot. Oh, I'm so hot. What's happening to me? I'm like, dude, I think it's okay. Well, I hope it is. No, it is. I'm just kidding. It's perfectly fine. Right? And he's just sweating. And the next minute, I'm like, we want to try and feel where it is. And he goes, uh, and then those eyes. He's like, I can't find it. I can't find it. It's gone. I'm like, could you always feel it? I'm like, I can always feel it. It's gone. I don't know where it is. Isn't it awesome? It just disappeared. I don't know where God puts them, but it's gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Open your Bible in Revelation chapter 12. All right. Thank you to the media team for being extremely patient with all the changes that I've put you through. All right? <laughs> you guys are awesome. Right. So I want to give this word to you. And I, this is like a, a prophetic word that I'm giving to you as a church and as a family. Right? And sometimes what we do as, as ministers and preachers is like we articulate when we give words to a season. You understand? That's sometimes the job of, of the guy standing in front is to kind of try and give you language for what we're going through. Because sometimes we go through stuff and we go, what's going on, right? And like I would say the last 18 months has been a little bit like, what's going on, right? Agreed? And, um, but I, I believe firmly in my heart that, that this is a word that the Lord is kind of giving us just to give some direction and to encourage you. Um, who knows that often in biblical prophecy, especially if you take the books of the Bible, that there's like almost like layers of meaning to, to prophetic words, right? So, so yes, it, it means obviously it's pointing to Jesus or it's speaking about Israel, but it's also like a, a next layer where it speaks about the church and it speaks about us, right? Because we are supposed to be in His image. So there's these double layers in Scripture, do you agree? Um, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. You can always go deeper into it. So I know that there's a, a, a meaning behind Revelation chapter 12, but I want to kind of use it to give you a picture of where the church is at and what the Lord is trying to do with us. And when I mean church, I'm not speaking about a building, but I'm speaking about us as individuals and then obviously corporately as well, right? Because we are the body of Christ. Agreed? Yeah. I wonder what would happen if we really get that revelation that we are the body of Christ. Like, if He's the head and I'm the body, I wonder um, if it could be that we actually start walking in a greater level of health physically, knowing that the head is Christ. And if He's the head and we're the body, it's not like we're separated. Then maybe we should be healthier. You know, imagine that revelation. I'm not, it's not a rebuke, it's just, I'm, I'm, it's just a thought. Imagine if that revelation actually strikes us, that we are His body, what kind of health, vitality we should walk in, in, you know, physical health and prosperity of the soul and all of those things. It would be interesting to see. Hopefully we get it one day. Hopefully I get it. Yeah. 
So Revelation chapter 12, it, it speaks and it says, And a great sign um, appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and on her head a crown of, of twelve stars. She was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain, to give birth. All right, so it's this wild picture of this lady that's clothed with the sun, with the crown on her head, and she's ready to give birth to a son, to a male child, the Amplified or some of the, I don't know which one it says. So it's, it's, it's a picture of the church, uh, for me, in this context, it's a picture of the church and the fact that we are actually in labor at the moment, that, that, that many of us, we're in a season and we are in, and this is the season where we're at. And like I said, I, I don't know much about the process of pregnancy, although I've been a witness to it. And I can tell you, I did not enjoy it at all, right? Which I know as a man and you're being a woman, you go, you are a pansy. I understand that. But I just want to say I did not enjoy witnessing any of that, right? It looks horrible, it's messy, and it freaks me out. I'm not a, I hate blood. I don't, I don't do good, well with open wounds and things like that. It'll, you know, some people enjoy that kind of stuff. Like, you know, all those doctor shows where they do the operations, I'm just like, please, just, I can't, just... Put it off. I don't want to be part of that, right? So what I learned is when you're in the hospital for future dads, keep your head down, right? Because there's this little curtain thing, and if you just stay on a certain height, you're safe. But the minute you do that, you're it's done, right? You just stay down there, lock eyes with your wife, and that's it. You just, you know, that's that's this position. Anyway, so but the point is, labor is a mess, right? It's messy, it's painful, it's all of that, and it's interesting because the excitement of future promise is what obviously holds us through the nine months, right? It's what carries us through the uncomfortable, the discomfort and all of those things. It's what carries us. It's the future hope of life that is to come that pulls us through difficult seasons, right? But when the labor pains begin, that's when it gets really messy and really uncomfortable, right? That, that's where it gets interesting and, and, you know, wives become different beings, with supernatural power and strength and a different tone of voice and all those kind of things. And men become very timid in that moment because they don't know what to do about the current situation, right? And that's kind of what happens to us. It's like we have this future destiny promise thing that, you know, that the Lord has given us, the seed that He's placed inside of us, and we are ready to give birth and we are ready to release what the Lord has given us, right? He's given us glorious things in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the storms of the last 18 months, the challenges, personal challenges, battles, loss, all the things we've been through, it's part of the labor pains of what's about to come. Okay? Because I know there's this, and I don't, you know, I don't care about that stuff in that sense, but you know, I know there's this whole thing where the world is saying it's like the great reset and all of that. And I want to say to you, they're not wrong, it really is. But the reset is about the church. It's about the kingdom. God is resetting us. God is changing our priorities. God is setting us up for greater glory in this season. And there's a powerful, mature, because it's a male child that's being birthed, right? There's a maturity that is about to be released out of the church that's going to rock the nations, okay? And we have to understand that that it's like we're coming out of our baby, you know, diapers and we're stepping into a level of maturity and there's an apostolic prophetic grace that God is releasing because He wants to see uh, the body of Christ rise up in power. 
I think the one thing that stood out for me personally and some other leaders I've spoken to is, and I'm not talking about you guys specifically, I'm talking about in general, I can't talk about you because I weren't here, but what I've heard is really good about you, right? But what I have seen in other places is where believers just fell away during the last 18 months. Because they weren't mature, right? There was a falling away of so many when the pressure came. And I think it saddens the Lord and it saddens my heart personally. Because in a season where, where it was actually necessary for the church to be the salt and the light, to be a beacon of hope, we actually fell away. Right? The world doesn't have the answers. They don't have the stability. We do. Okay? But what happened is quite the opposite, unfortunately. Many saw it as an excuse to not to, and, and I'm not talking about attending church only, although it is worrying to me when people stop, stop coming to church. I do have an issue with it, right? Because the fellowship of the believers is important to the Lord. An isolated Christian is a dead duck, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're an open target to the enemy. Isolation will make you feel that it's only you that's going through this and it's only you that has this issue and it's only you that has this problem. It's the biggest lie that the enemy wants to bring. Right? But he's looking for maturity. And the church, listen to me, we, you, me as an individual, we're supposed to birth these mature children into the world. Because all of creation, Romans 8, 19, is in eager expectation for the revelation of... To unlock the world around us so that the glory of the Lord will be seen and known and manifested. Right? So we are the ones that need to start birthing these things. And that's what we've been feeling. That's the mess we've been going through. But it carries on and it says, Then another sign was seen in heaven. Verse number 3. It says, Behold a great fiery red dragon. So you didn't think they are in there, right? There they are. Dragons. Right there in the Bible. And then people say it's a boring book. Come on. This one has seven heads and ten horns. And on his heads were seven royal crowns. That's a freaky dragon. Right? Right there. And his tail swept across and dragged away a third of the stars of heaven and flung them to the earth. We're not getting into that. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth. So that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. Right? And that's like, isn't that like the perfect picture of what's been going on? It's like some of you have been sitting, it's like these promises of God, these things that the Lord placed inside of you. And it's like we can feel the push. The church can feel it's, it's coming. The release is coming. But in the back of our head, we're all aware that there's an enemy sitting right there. Right there. And he's ready to devour whatever is produced from the Lord and through the body of Christ into the world, right? And I think some of us have felt the loss. Some of us felt that the things we birthed actually got destroyed. It actually got devoured by the enemy, right? Things that we thought is good ideas, things that we believed is the Lord in this season, and, and it was birthed through us, but there's an enemy, there's this ugly red dragon with lots of heads and horns sitting there and going, I'm going to eat your baby. <laughs> right? It's basically what it comes down to. 
I'm going to destroy whatever God has placed in your lap. Whatever the Lord has released into your life, I want to destroy it. I don't want it to rise up to what it's supposed to be. And the fear of that, for some of you it's a fear thing because you know it's happening. It's like you have these things in you, but I don't want to go forward because it's an evil world out there and there's a lot of things that wants to eat my baby. <laughs> right? And we kind of hold back a little bit from, you know, of what the Lord has placed inside of us. And it brings that hesitation and we're kind of double-minded a little bit. And a man who's double-minded will not receive from the Lord, right? Because you're unstable in all your ways. And, and that's kind of where many of us ended. And that's kind of where we are in our hearts. Like, I'm just going to wait, I'm just going to hang here, I'm not moving forward, I'm just, you know, not, don't. But the reality is, you're already in labor. You can't stop it. It's happening, right? Because he wants to birth a new thing into the, into the world. He wants to do something different. He wants to raise up maturity in the body of Christ. And he wants to give you mature ideas, words, promises, ministries, marriages, parenting skills, uh, teaching skills, business skills. He wants to give you mature kingdom things that the world actually needs in this season. And you have to push through the labor pains so that life can start flowing from you again. Right? Because there's joy in birth as well. Right? Labor pains is uncomfortable, but when that baby is out, then everybody smiles. Even mama. Later she sleeps, but in that moment she's happy. Right? Because that's what life does. And what's happened to us is the life has been removed. We've been choked by what the world has placed on us. It's, it's so funny. I said to somebody the other day, you know, the, 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 you mentioned it last night again, but the, the currency of the kingdom is faith. And what is the one thing we've been told in the last 18 months not to do? Is don't take risks. Don't. Whatever you do, just don't take faith. And the Lord is looking for mature believers that will produce mature kingdom tools, equipment, stuff, sons and daughters, whatever you want to call it. And this house is part of that. That's why the equipping thing that you guys are feeling is so the heart of the Lord. Is to push out mature sons and daughters that will reproduce after their father. Right? So this fear is there, but then verse 5 comes and it says... And she gave birth to a son, a male child, right, who is destined to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Right? So the reality is if the enemy is sitting and waiting right there at the gates of the church, however you want to see it, if he's sitting there waiting, trying to destroy whatever is being birthed out of you, you'd better believe that what is about to be birthed is something that he fears. Okay? It's something that has an iron staff in his hand, that has that rod, that can crush nations, that can change nations, that can destroy the works of the devil in communities, in families, and so on. That is what God wants to reproduce out of us. And this whole weekend has been about that actually. It's about the kingdom flowing out of us, the river of God moving through us, the, you know, the one that indwells us to actually start shining through us 
so that we can see darkness bow its knee to Jesus. But our eyes are too much on the red dragon, right? The devil, okay, you're with me. Our eyes are on him way too much. And now we're holding back. And the Lord is actually saying, no, I want to release stuff. It is a reset, but it's a glorious reset for the body of Christ. Because listen what happens. And her child, it was birthed, the whole thing. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Isn't that amazing? So suddenly, what is birthed out of the church, what is birthed out of the bride, is so ordained and commissioned by the Lord that it has access and legal right to stand before the throne of the Lord. Because it was produced out of the Spirit, out of the heart of the Father. And that gives it a right to stand seated, to stand secure and stable in the presence of the Lord, knowing that the dragon cannot find it there. Right? And from heavenly places, these ideas, these principles, these things start governing from heaven to the earth. So it's above what, you know, that old thing we always said, it's above the snake line. You know, have you heard that story? Do you know about the snake line? Yeah. So they say if you're, if you're a mountain climber, there's a certain height, a certain number of meters above um, sea level, that if you go there, there's no more snakes because it's too high. Right? There's not enough oxygen, so they die. So you want to live above the snake line, right? You want to... Okay? A good picture, isn't it? You want to live above the snake line. Right? You want to birth things that will live above the snake line. So it's not earthly inspired, it's not fear inspired, it's not immature, it's not rooted in the wisdom of the world, but it's rooted out of the wisdom of God, right? And it will stand the test of the world because it lives in another dimension, it actually stands before the Father. And what I mean with that is like, imagine business ideas that come, but they're rooted out of heaven so they actually have a right of existence because the enemy is not going to kill that one. A marriage that is forged in heaven before the Lord because we've applied the principles of heaven and therefore it is legal in heaven, it is authorized in heaven, it is approved in heaven and therefore it will stand on the earth. Right? Morals Good morals, or however you want to call it, kingdom principles, lifestyle choices that is approved in heaven. And as we agree, it stands on the earth. I'm talking about holiness, purity, financial, everything. Okay? And this is where the Lord is taking the church, a mature bride. That will not compromise, that will not waste energy and time on things that is not birthed out of heaven. And what does it mean to be birthed out of heaven? Simple language, it means it's scripturally sound, biblically sound, it's kingdom principles. Right? And then supernatural seed that the Lord gives us, ideas, things that he implants in our spirits, that the enemy will not steal. Right, And some of us had loss. Some of us who felt like you had things that, 
like really good ideas and dreams and they just all crashed in the last 18 months. Hands up if that's you. Okay. Right? Yeah. That sucked, didn't it? <laughs> but also realize that some of those things, not all of it, I'm talking about destiny things. I'm not talking about your health and people dying. and That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about destiny things and, the, and it was intercepted in this season because maybe it didn't have legality in heaven. Good ideas, great ideas, beautiful ideas, but it wasn't authorized by the Lord. And what I know God wants to do is He wants to authorize things in this season. He wants to authorize ministries, anointings, giftings, right, businesses, marriages. There's things that is being birthed out of us that needs to stand in that place before the Lord, right? And I love that idea that He's changing everything in this season. He's giving us different eyes to look at things. It's not like, you know, it's, like people said, it's, it's, everything is complete. You know how it is often changed? is often you change back to the old thing. I don't know if that makes sense. And I'm not speaking bad. I'm talking about the ancient paths that even Proverbs speaks about. We actually return to the simplicity of the gospel. To the paths of the kingdom, the ways of the kingdom. And we start walking on those ways again, Right? We're in a season we thought, oh no, that's very conservative, or it's this or that, and you know, we thought we're so, what is the word? Woke. Woke. Right? We're so woke. Right? We're so liberal and renewed in our thinking, right? But we've lost the kingdom. You're welcome to continue on that path. Personally, I'm... Okay? What is accepted by the world is usually not accepted by God. So I don't want to be on that side of the spectrum. <laughs> I'll be on the other side where what is birthed out of me actually has right in heaven to stand before the Father. And it will stand. And it will speak for generations. Right? That's what we want. Right? And then it says in verse 6, it says, Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God. So that she would be nourished there for a thousand to all of that stuff. Not getting into that, right? So, so we, there's a double side to the story because on the one hand we are the church, we are the body, and we're the ones that's creating in this season, and and God is releasing stuff, and He wants to birth things into the earth. But what we give birth to, listen, and this is the key. What, the promise of the Lord, the thing that He's giving to you in this season, you must be willing to surrender to the Father. Right? You must. If we do this, we're going to kill it. Right? If, we, if the blessing comes, if the power comes, the anointing comes, all of those things, if it's not serving the purpose of the Father, it's going to die. Right? We have to be willing to give birth and surrender. Give birth and surrender. It's Samuel's, right? It's a Samuel. Like my, your whole life, you, Hannah wanted that baby, and when he comes, she says, I surrender him into the service of the Lord. Right? That's the, the purpose of this season. I wonder, it's a challenge to myself, how many things did the Lord birth through us and we started doing this? But it's His blessings that He placed in our life. And we actually held to this thing and we think we're going to keep it alive and the dragon is sitting there and going, I'm going to slit its throat. <laughs> and it devoured our blessing because we didn't surrender back. We didn't throw it back to the Lord. Because somehow... 
when you give birth, when you start something, when you pioneer something, you, you have this weird sense of, of a right to that thing, right? And because you feel, but I, I worked so hard, I pushed so hard, I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 but it was the Lord. And the minute that we do that, we actually miss out on the nourishment that He wants to give the one that gave birth. Instead of knowing what I'm birthing is not my own, it's not of me, it's something that the Lord has given me, that business, that thing that I'm, that I'm stewarding for God, it was never mine. It was never mine. It always had to be the Lord's. Right? Always had to be His. And when I can live in that space, He will nourish me. Okay? But I love this part because suddenly the beast in verse 13 and 14, suddenly the dragon looks around and he's like, where's the child? I wanted to kill it, right? I wanted to eat your baby, remember? <laughs> and now he can't. And he goes, I can't find it. Why? Because it's in the throne room right before the Father. That's where you want your things to be. Treasure in heaven, right? Treasure in heaven. Treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. My life is not my own, Lord. Treasures in heaven. I will gladly give up the desires of the flesh. Treasures in heaven every time. And the enemy goes, where is it? I can't find this thing. So what does he do now? He goes for the bride. And he says, okay, where, I'm going to kill you now. Right? Bloodthirsty, this ugly thing. Right? For in case you forgot, he really hates you. <laughs> no, really? He hates you, absolutely hates you. The enemy is not kind. He's not friendly. He hates you. He hates the bride. He hates us. Surely we could have seen it in the last 18 months. He hates the church. And that's what he's been doing is verse 13. He came after the bride. Right? Because now I'm going to kill the bride. If I can't kill the promise, if I can't kill the things birthed of the Spirit, I'm going to kill the one that's producing it. How many of you felt that? Like your faith is being choked out of you. It wants to choke the life out of you in the last 18 months. Not. Verse 13, it says, And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time and then I don't know anymore. Away from the presence of the serpent. Right? I want to tell you something that God wants to release those eagle wings to the bride. That's us. Right? He wants to release those wings so that we can be transported out of the presence of the enemy into the wilderness. Now that sounds weird, but who knows that a wilderness with God is still an oasis. Okay? Because what does he say? I'm going to make flowers blossom in the wilderness. I'm going to release water in the dry place. He's going to recreate. It doesn't matter. I'll rather be in the wilderness with God than be in a lush place without him. Right? A wilderness with God is blessed, it's intimate, it's near, it's close, it's proximity to the Lord. It's where you get to see Him in a way you've never seen Him before. And by the way, that's the place where you get impregnated with new promise so that you can release more mature things into heaven, so that heaven can rule from heaven to the earth, right? That's the point. But He wants to give us these wings. What does the eagle represent? It represents the prophetic 
Right? It's the prophetic promises of God. It's the prophetic decrees of the Lord. It's the ability to soar above that snake line once again and see from heaven's perspective what the Lord is doing. Lord is, the Lord is looking for a prophetic people that will speak what they see in heaven and release what they hear in heaven and speak the promises of the Lord so that the body can lift and ascend and ascend and ascend into that place of nourishment. Okay? Too much of what we've been preaching, and I'm not speaking here, too much of what we've been saying has been just knowledge. But God is looking for inspired utterance that will elevate the body into a place of nourishment right it's living bread living bread that the lord wants to release out of your mouth living bread that you release when you speak to your child when you speak to your colleague at at work when you speak to people at school or whatever it is you're doing living waters that flows out of our mouth because it's not stale old bread out of a group of people that's dried up like the desert but a body that is vibrant and alive because you are nourished in the Spirit by the Lord. And because of it, we're reproducing things that can stand in heaven. Things that has right, legal right to stand before the Lord because they are eternal. One of my favorite scriptures about that is Zechariah, you know, um, John the Baptist's father. <laughs> when, when Gabriel shows up, and we kind of read this stuff and we go, oh, Gabriel showed up. No, Gabriel showed up. It's like the angel Gabriel rocked up and said, Buddy, I know you're like 140 or something, but you're having a child. And we go, oh, that was sweet. No, that was scary, right? It's Gabriel. Hello? It's a supernatural book, this, by the way, right? Don't numb it down. Don't dumb it down. This is power in this thing, right? So Gabriel rocks up and he's like, Hey, uh, you're having a baby. And the guy goes, ah, I don't think so. Right? Which is weird. How stubborn can you be? Like Gabriel. Hello? Right? And he goes, no, it's not happening. And, and then I love what Gabriel says to him. He's like, and you will have a baby. Isn't that awesome? What if we birth things with that kind of confidence? What if we birth words with that kind of authority. Why? Because this thing stands in the presence of the Lord. This was birthed out of heaven. It is birthed into heaven. It has access in heaven. And when we say it, it will come to pass because the Lord said. It's out of the presence of the Lord. That's a different prophetic. That's a decree. Right? That's speaking to your child that's stuck in whatever issue of life they're at. And you decree the word of the Lord over their destiny. And there's anointing on it. It's not wishful thinking, but it's actually the authorized word of the Lord. And you're birthing something in them of maturity because it came from heaven. Right? That's business ideas that sits there. Right? And it's released out of heaven. And it has the right to stand in the next season. And He nourishes you. He nourishes you. Right? God wants to shift us in this season. He wants to release glorious things through the bride. But there is an enemy, but we'll overcome. 
How many of you felt over the last years like you'll get ideas, you want to see it happen, but it just dies? Who feels like that's a bit of a thing? Just put up your hand. Like things just, just doesn't get traction, right? God wants to break that today. I believe it with all my heart, right? He wants to give you different things that will stand. Different things that will stand. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.